to my horror movie podcast. Uh, thanks for joining me. Yay. <laughs> it's me. I'm here. Finally, I'm so excited that you said yes, because um, it's so hard to find other people in the horror community. Like, well, I'm only new, so for me, it's hard. So I've had a lot of uh, streamers and other podcasters, but I'm slowly getting to know everyone. It's really awesome. Yeah, it is really hard. I started my website like nine years ago now to find other people to talk to about horror movies. And it probably took me like, let's do some math really quick, seven years to actually find anyone to talk to. It was just me. Like, in a little blog, talking to, like, no one on the internet. And then I started, like, hiring some writers to join the team. And then I, like, sort of forced them to be my friends. And that kind of worked out. But I totally get it. When you're, like, you know, the, one of the underdogs in the horror community, when you, you know, it's hard. It's hard to meet people. And you, like, slide into their DMs. And you're like, I'm not being sexual. But do you not- want to be my friend? But also, kind of. <laughs> yeah. Also, your pick is cute. Yeah. <laughs> Subtly sexual with just cuteness. <laughs> it's just, just me with that little like circle hand emoji and a winky face. Like, hey, yeah. love your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, can you please introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about your website and what you do. That'd be really cool. Yeah. So, uh, I'm Charlotte, and I run Horrorbound.net. Um, like I said, I created it first just to try and find someone to talk to about horror movies because I had. Uh, moved away from my best friend and my family, and I didn't have anyone to, you know, watch horror movies with. So uh, then a couple of years ago, I switched it over to, you know, an actual website, and uh, my goal was to create a environment that is pure positivity. So I'm trying to sort of go against those those clickbait articles, you know, top 10 worst horror movies ever, or, you know, this new movie is so bad, it's going to make you want to cut your eyes out. Like, <laughs> I just, I can't, I'm just so tired of it. So, yeah. um, Horrorbound was created as a positive environment. We don't post any negative reviews. Obviously we post, you know, like our reviews have critical moments in them, but if you, if you're rating a movie out of five, if it's two out of five or lower, we don't, review it on the site basically um big believer in you know so many people have put their dreams into that movie and if I didn't like it it just means it wasn't made for me and I don't want to you know shit all over them Yeah, (laughs) like someone's gonna love that movie it's not me um and then it sort of you know I started putting a team together and it got bigger and bigger and we started spotlighting you know indie authors we have a ton of like indie horror book recommendations over there Um, we started like a women in horror part where we highlight, you know, different amazing women in the community and yeah, it's just positivity and happiness and just a little bit of ET heart light in the horror community (laughs) (laughs) and we, and I love it. Yeah. So that's me. That's awesome. (laughs) Actually, I was, um, speaking, recording an episode with a guest yesterday who is like baby horror. Like she has... The only horror movie she's ever watched is the Halloween series. Oh, And that's amazing. I thought that was so cool. And, you know, she said she was really nervous because she didn't want to say anything that would upset anyone in the community. And I had to explain to her that it's not like that. Like, she comes from gaming, and gaming is just oh full God. of gatekeeping and yep. really horrible Sexism. behavior towards people. <laughs> yeah. 
And I was like, oh, horror, horror has its moments where people do do that. But the majority, you won't even see it. Like, you just won't even notice unless you go looking for it. Yeah, I feel like the horror community is summed up by that scene in the craft when, you know, the girls get off the bus and the bus driver is like, oh, watch out for the weirdos. And Nancy's like, we are the weirdos, mister. Like, that scene is the horror community. Yeah. And we fight really hard to keep it, you know, safe and welcoming. And, you know, if there's, like, a baby horror, like you said, they've only seen a couple of horror movies. To me, it's just exciting. That means they have yeah. so many horror movies that they get to watch for the first yeah. time. And that's all that matters. It doesn't matter that you, you know, haven't seen Chud. <laughs> you know, it's okay. <laughs> You're I don't gonna even think fine. I've seen that. That's okay. It's okay. I mean, I still cancelled. Have... Just kidding. <laughs> it's oh. totally. I'm just That's joking. a cat you cancelled. <laughs> uh, I think it's on Shutter, but yeah. So uh, the movie you chose today, I hadn't watched until you told me. Oh my god! So this is your yeah, first time watching it. Yeah, this is my it. first time watching it, and I oh had that makes me thought... so happy. Yeah, I thought I'd seen it, and then when I watched it, I was like, no. I've never seen this. What am I talking about? That makes me so... That's amazing. I'm so glad that we get to experience this together. So do you want to um, do a little introduction for the movie yes. that you've chosen? All right. So the movie I have chosen, here's how I'm going to pitch it. <laughs> I'm ready. Imagine getting your period, which already sucks. And imagine having to go to high school, which already sucks. But then your period makes you super hairy and grumpy and turned on, and you're thinking, yeah, that's that's normal. It's being a woman. But, plot twist, she turning into a werewolf. <laughs> yeah, so basically two sisters, they're in high school. They get, one of them gets her period and also gets bit by a werewolf on the same day, worst day of her life. Oh. And everything goes terribly from there. And I really, I loved this film. Because... Everything the sisters did, I was like, oh, that's me. That's why this movie is so important to me. It's amazing. So the film is directed by John Fawcett, and I tried to find, like, other things that he had done, but it looks like he just has, he, he's written, a, like, co-wrote Orphan Black. So mm -hmm. some episode, I don't know if he did the entire show, because um, I was only on Wikipedia, so. Yeah, I think he was pretty heavily involved with that one. Which was great. I only watched the first season. Uh, mm -hmm. I suck at maintaining attention when it comes to TV shows. I'm like, ah, I'm done. This is going on too long. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not a TV person. Except for, yeah. like, watching the same sitcom over and over again for my whole life. Mine's like Forensic Files over and over and over oh, again. Oh, nice. Excellent choice. Yeah. I was yeah. actually saying to Baby Horror Guest yesterday, you know, that a lot of people will watch, you know, Friends or, you know, something funny after they watch a horror movie. And I was like, no, I just put Forensic Files on. That's my palate <laughs> cleanser. I'm like that with Unsolved Mysteries. It's so calming. Oh, the new season is out on Netflix. I know, I watched it. Oh, okay. I oh, haven't watched it yet. <laughs> it's so good. Because my partner doesn't like anything that doesn't have Robert Stack in it. So I have to watch it without him. Because he's That's like, fair. it's not Robert Stack. So Yeah. We just well, I feel like, old. yeah, they did a great job of kind of like, we're not going to get a host because no one can yeah. beat. Yeah. But oh, we're not here to talk about Unsolved Mysteries. <laughs> no. Check it out on Amazon Prime streaming. No, Netflix streaming It's on now. Netflix. Yeah. The old the, season the is old on. The old season is on Amazon yeah. Prime. Yeah. So it has Catherine Isabel, who you said lives in your neighborhood? 
It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I live in Vancouver, um, and this movie was filmed in Toronto. In Toronto, um, but both of the actresses, the lead actresses, are from Vancouver, um, and Catherine Isabel actually lives in my neighborhood. So, That's so cool. Yeah, see her around and about with her cute. She got two little fluffy white puppies, <laughs> um, and I see her walking around. And yeah, it's kind of weird. It's not. They film a ton of horror movies here, so. Um, you get kind of used to just sort of walking through ac- sets accidentally and, um, <laughs> you know, seeing a lot of, uh, famous people around, which is super fun. Um, so cool. but I think they like it here cause we're not like, Oh my God, what up? Like, you know, we just kind of, <laughs> yeah. we're very no. Canadian about it. We're like, hello, good sir. Good morning. <laughs> I don't know. Sorry. I'm out. Um, oh, I just, I'm, oh, I'm in your set. Hello. That me. actually did like real quick side story. When I first moved here, I wasn't used to it, and uh, we went down to this little kind of like fishing town suburb area, uh, and we were walking around, and we were like, oh, this is so weird. There's like um, tanks everywhere and like all these like wires, and we realized that we had walked onto the set of Godzilla being filmed, (laughs) and we were sort of ushered (laughs) ushered away, Um, but it was so, it just looked, they did a great job. So, you know, I thought it was That's real. Awesome. <laughs> I was like, oh, is this a military base? <laughs> no, it's Godzilla. Please go away. Please leave. <laughs> I just asked for my check for being an extra. I was like, so I get, is this where I pick up my check? <laughs> is, is this my $15 and my free sandwich? Yeah. I just find my way to the food. Like the, yeah. Actually, the catering. The catering trucks, I walk by those a lot because they're, they usually set up. They film a lot of the CW shows, like um, Supergirl and The Flash, like around where I work, um, and they always have the catering trucks like down the block. And I'm always like, I, one day I'm gonna figure out how to like pull it off and get a bunch yeah. of free food from there. Confidence, that's all it takes. Yeah, I agree. You I just don't have that. Well, you just <laughs> practice in front of the mirror every day, and then you walk them over there and you get your sandwich. Yeah. So. When I had a look at the things that Catherine Isabel has done, she was in Bad um, bad Times at the El Royale, and I loved that movie, mm-hmm. but I don't remember seeing her. I feel like she's never, she never really gets to be a leading lady, right? Yeah. Like, she's she's done, like, three or four horror movies where she was the lead, but in other stuff, it's like, she's still just kind of pushed to the background, which is a shame, because yeah. she's super talented. Yeah, I really liked her in this film, and I was just like, oh, this is really cool. I really like you. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen um, American Mary? Not yet. It's on my list. Yeah. That is probably my favorite movie of the Saskatoon twins. And she, like, Catherine Isabel is incredible. Like, words do not describe. Just play that Lady Gaga video where she's like, inspiring, amazing, perfect. Like, that's me watching American Mary. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And one thing that I thought was really cool about this movie was it was actually banned in the UK in 2001. And what? Think, yeah, because they saw it as promoting violence amongst teenagers. So they were like, no, you're not allowed. And I know it had problems getting filmed, getting cast yeah. in Canada, because Columbine had just happened in the States. Yeah. yeah. But I had no idea it was like all out, all out banned in the yeah. UK. <laughs> and I feel like the UK, because the UK throughout history has had a real um, like tumultuous relationship with horror, like to the point yeah. where it was completely banned at one stage, like you could not get a horror film in Amer- in the UK. Yeah, shout and, out to the video nasties. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just I, I blew my mind because I was just like, of all movies, I know, 
Like, of all horror movies, like, that's the one you pick to ban. Because there's, I mean, there's really not that much violence in the movie. Like, there's definitely a lot of blood, and there's definitely Mm. violent scenes, but when you compare it to, I don't know, like, House of Wax, the remake of House of Wax, you know, I don't know why that came to me, but you know what I mean? Like, as far as, like, constant blood and violence goes, it's pretty Mm. low-key. Yeah, I didn't find it, and I think maybe that's because... I've watched a lot of violent horror. So when I think of Ginger Snaps, I'm like, oh, it's, yeah, it's very, there's like a lot of gory scenes and a lot of blood, but it's not violent. Yeah. Which, yeah, it's just an odd thing. (laughs) The UK. The UK. Get your crap together, (laughs) y'all. So before we dive into the movie, I just want to give a real big mention to the soundtrack of this film. Yes. I'm glad you brought this up. Yep. Yes. Go ahead. Because I am obsessed. So um, just everything about it. So I've got the list here. There's um, Kill Switch Engage, Soulfly, Fear Factory, Machine Head, Hatebreed, um, Shadows Fall, Cradle of Filth. But the one thing that blew my mind is that they had Glassjaw in the film <laughs> and... Glassdoor is like my partner's favorite band of all time favorite bands. So when he listens to this episode, he will want to watch the movie just because Glassdoor's in it. Good. He better. (laughs) But the soundtrack is freaking amazing. I love it. Even though It's my 2000 dream. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. It's very early 2000s and I love it. Um, But also the score. Like the score itself is so incredible. Like it's Mm. so subtle, but it is... Like, at the start, when you hear the score, it's very creepy. And I feel like when the credits hit and the score plays, you're crying through that score. Like, it's just such a beautiful... The score doesn't change, but how you listen to that score completely changes. Yeah, because the opening credits, it starts with the mum finding their dog. Yeah. Um... Absolutely. Ickle dog! Ickle yeah. Baxter! And everyone's like, And the like, kids okay. are like, all right. I'm gonna go play hockey. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that would have been my neighborhood. <laughs> Where people just be like, oh, the crazy lady's yelling again. All right. <laughs> and then um, the Bridget, the younger sister. So they're not too, they're in the same year at school though. Yeah, so Bridget was... skipped a grade. So Bridget's 15, yeah. uh, gender's 16. Um, but yeah, Bridget skipped a grade, so they are in the same grade in school. Yeah, because I thought that was really odd, but, (laughs) and when I first watched this film and she goes down into the basement, I thought that they just had really mean parents that made them live in the basement. I was like, oh, they have to live in the basement. (laughs) Yeah. So here's the thing, like this, there is many reasons that this movie means a lot to me and why I chose it. But one of them is that it is, I think a very like middle-class Canadian movie. And I grew up in a neighborhood exactly like that where like I lived in the basement. My parents had this like beautifully kitschy, gorgeous house. And I lived in the basement, like being my movie teenage self. Yeah. And like all of my friends, we all had these like big two story identical looking houses and some of them had unfinished basements like in ginger snaps and some of them had finished basements but pretty much if you were in your like 13 to 18 
you lived in the basement of these houses as a ch- as wow. your teenager, and you're like, this is my space where I get to be myself, and my parents are upstairs, but I'm down here. Like, so it's like so relatable as a Canadian teen. Wow. I think. Yeah. We don't have basements at all in Australia. Like our houses do not have basements. Yeah. Definitely Although here in BC, we, uh, well, in Vancouver, we don't have basements because we are some, a lot of parts are below sea level. Um, but in Alberta, Ontario, like there's a wow. lot of basements going on. That just blows my mind. Yeah. Because like to me, if someone got sent to live in a basement, that's bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, you got like all the space. Like, like my, the basement I lived in was like a thousand square feet of space wow. all to myself. Like. And that's the kind of freedom that you love when you're 14, you know? And then you go to your friend's house and they have an unfinished basement and all of us hang out down there. Like, it's just, wow. it's just a very You could do cartwheels in there. Hell yeah, dude. You could, like, we, one time, I, this was when I was older, um, got drunk and stole my five-year-old neighbor's bike and rode it around my basement. <laughs> there was so much space. <laughs> I'm not oh saying all God. Canadians do that, but I'm just saying the basement is big but enough. Chase a werewolf around, and you yeah. can ride a bike. A five-year-old bike—it's whatever you want to do. It's a lot of space. Wow, that just blows my mind. <laughs> and um, so before it goes, yeah. So in this scene, when they're in their basement where they want to be, mm-hmm. um, they—they're talking about the pact that they've made, and it's you know out by sixteen or dead on the scene, but together, together forever. forever. <laughs> yes, me Which and my best friend like, would say that to each other all the time. <laughs> Did you get out by 16? Because obviously... Yes, I'm a ghost. Um, you're, you're speaking to my ghost right now. <laughs> <laughs> or I'm only 16 right now. It's either or. Am I allowed to have you on the podcast? Did you get permission from your parents? Just a very old looking, <laughs> successful, living on my own 16 year old. <laughs> Who's Or you're dead? a vampire. Oh, yeah. I like that better. Yeah. 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 We'll go with that. We'll go with that one. Okay. And then... So, yeah. They're... Um, you know, they've made their pact, which I thought was like, oh, and Bridget's really apprehensive because she's just like, oh, we were eight when we made that pact. So I kind of get the vibe that Bridget isn't too keen on either dying or leaving. So (laughs) yeah, I think for me, it's kind of like Bridget is, she has not figured herself out yet. And she's very, you know, Ginger is her idol, is her hero, is her big sister, and she will literally do anything Ginger says, even if she doesn't agree with it. And I kind of picture the two of them as eight-year-olds with Ginger being like, let's cut her paws, like our palms open and, and make a pact. And Bridget's like, okay, like I don't, you know, yes. she's not, she doesn't feel like she can stand up for herself. So it's like, yeah. she kind of believes it, but also she is like, I don't love it though. You know, yeah, like she's like, like, I don't I'm really want to do this. But I, yeah, totally. But I'll and do then, it because you said so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I have a younger sister. I'm the eldest of six kids. And um, my sister and I are, like, the closest in age. Then then there's, like, a huge gap until the next mm-hmm. uh, lot of kids. And so I always looked up to Emily, like, to my sister. So I kind of see myself as Bridget. <laughs> Aww. And being like, I just went along, even though I'm the older sister, I always went along with whatever Emily said. I was like, Emily yeah. is the smart one. Yeah. Emily never gets into trouble from mum and dad. So if I just do what <laughs> Emily says, we'll be fine. Yeah. Um, and then this is where we were talking about the score coming in. Mm-hmm. Because they have this like montage of them in all these really grisly 
death scenes that they're setting up. Mm-hmm. At first, I thought she was actually dead when oh. she was on the white picket fence, and I was like, right. oh. And then she already like, gives you the finger. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, oh thank God, I'm not ready for that just yet. <laughs> um, so funny story cool. about the death photos. Um, so, like, I watched this movie the first time when I was 14. It hit me. I was the right age. I was the right. It was just everything. Uh, my best friend and I decided that we wanted to create these death photos as well. Um, my parents are very much like like Pamela, the mom in this movie, very chill, very open, like, oh, honey, here's your fake blood that you asked for. But my best friend's parents were very opposite of that. They were very religious and very conservative. And so I got her in the bathtub. I, like, covered her in blood. We rode all over the wall. I took all these photos. Um, And then her dad found them. And she got put in therapy, and I got banned from the house (laughs) for a couple of months. It was from a movie. Yeah, and eventually he let me back in, and now it's like a joke. But I just like every time I see that montage, I remember how much it inspired me, and I was like, I want to be like them. This is so cool. And then I just picture like my best friend calling me, going, "Yeah, so I have to go to therapy, and you're not allowed to come to the house for a couple weeks." I was like, "Okay." (laughs) Meanwhile, my parents are like printing it out and framing it. Like, are you doing great, (laughs) sweetie? Like, Mean Girls mom, like. <laughs> my parents would have been like my because my parents were separated so they would have had separate reactions my mum would have just been like yeah um let's not do that anymore because like the fake blood stained the entire bathroom so I don't want to see that again and my dad when my dad doesn't like something he says oh that's different <laughs> love that so, I am literally like my arms are covered in tattoos. My legs are getting there. And when I was about... I would have been in my second or third year of uni. So it would have been like 2021. 20, I came home with a septum ring. And my dad has never said anything about my tattoos. Never, ever. Not a... We went and got our first tattoos together when I Aww. turned 18. And so I came home with a septum ring. And my dad's like, oh, that's uh, that's very different. I was like, Dad, this literally can come out of my face. Like, I can get rid of this. What? I don't understand. And he's like, well, I just don't understand why you have one. And I was just like, Because my dad never, ever criticised how I looked. Right. He has never criticised. He will say, oh, that's different because it's different to what he likes or what right. he's used to. Or it's never like, that looks shit, that looks terrible. Like, never anything negative. And my grandma would be like... Uh, you look like a cow. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> you know, it looks like a bull ring hanging out of your nose. And I was like, well, at least someone's honest with me. <laughs> You're like, thank you. Um, that was what I was going for. I just love that my tattoos never get commented on, but yeah. I come home with a nose ring and it's the end of the world with my family. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, everything with my dad. If I had taken photos of death scenes to my dad, he would have been like, that's uh, that's very different, Catherine. Um, interesting, interesting choices are made here. That's just that's how my dad criticizes. Things. Love it, and I appreciate that because yeah. it's made me into the little weirdo that I am. So. Yeah. But these death scenes are really cool. I know. They I are think really cool. My favorite one is the one where Bridget is hanging. From the basement ceiling. And I know that it's a movie, but there is also that part of me that's like, I wonder how they pulled that off, like, Mm. if they were in real life teenagers, like, how they would have 
faked a hanging like that. But that yeah. photo is just so creepy. Her just like hanging. There's like the sign on her. Like, ugh. that one's my favorite though. Yeah, I liked the pitchfork through her neck. Oh yeah, that was cool. That was cool. I was just like, whoa, these look so realistic. I love it. Yeah. And so we find out it's actually them showing a slideshow to their class. As... Yeah, it's a project, <laughs> Life in Bailey Downs. Yeah. <laughs> and as like, Ginger oh. says, it's the ultimate fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. And it's just so, it's just, I lo- yeah, I would have liked, like, in my thoughts at school, I would have liked to have done that, but I wouldn't because I was a people pleaser. So. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. But at home, I would have been like, that's a really good idea. That's what I want to do. I really like that idea. Yep, 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 yep. And so the teacher's basically like, I want to see you out. Because he's the guidance counselor as well. How great is that guy, though, Mr. Wayne? Like, he's like, well, that was, um, um, well, that wasn't okay. That, like, he's just like, he's only on screen for like five minutes of the entire movie. And he just is such a glowing angel. Like, I'm like, he's so, he's my favorite, one of my favorite parts. I really liked him. (laughs) <laughs> and so then they're out in the field playing I think they're playing field hockey, hockey. aren't they? Field, field hockey. hockey yeah and they're playing search and destroy which I thought was guess odd. what me and my friends took that on too oh, oh no <laughs> yeah we used to play that in junior high too yeah oh, no. I basically was like we saw this movie at 14 and all of us were like this is how we are this now. is us deal with it this is my life now yeah that's totally fair. I probably would have as well. Except uh, this movie came out, I was 11. Yeah. So it would my parents would have been like, no. Yeah, that's a little early. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably why I completely missed it and didn't see it. Because it was just a moment in time kind of movie that became this massive cult classic that totally. everybody loves. <laughs> well, ours was like one girl watched it. I don't know where she got it from, but we just started passing the DVD around, you know, we were just like, you got to see this. And like maybe, you know, five or six of us, it was just, we were passing the DVD around back and forth, back and forth. Anytime we had a sleepover, we watched it. Like we, it was such a, like, it felt like such a secret cult movie to us even then. Um, you know, until we all eventually got our own copies of the DVD so we could watch it over and over again. But it did feel very secretive and like, yeah. Yeah. When we were kids, DVDs were so expensive. Yeah. And now they're like $10 and it's just like, yeah. why couldn't you be $10 20 years ago? Yeah. You had to wait for a blockbuster to close down so you could get movies for cheap. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I miss When they sell days. all their stock. So they're playing um, Search and Destroy and they're actually talking about Trina Sinclair, um, about how she would die. How do they, they're talking about something about her bleached hair and it's in like an aisle at the hair dye in the sh- in the supermarket or something like that. But yeah, pill popping, hair dye, cum bucket. That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was just all like, those oh. cute things that they call them. Call them. <laughs> yeah, and the, and one of them actually hears the girls talking about her and tells Trina, and Trina pushes Bridget while they're on the field um, into the corpse of a dog, which yep. was really gross. Beast of Billy Down strikes again. Yeah. And who was that dog? Whose dog was that? Yeah. Like, you gotta wonder, was someone, like, did the beast of Bailey Downs, like, drag the dog to the field and Mm. leave its carcass there? Did someone else leave the carcass? Like, yeah, how did the dog get to a high school field hockey field? And did they know the dog was already there and just nobody did anything about it? 
I don't think so because the way that Trina reacts, like she pushes Bridget and then Bridget hits the ground. And then Trina is kind of, I can't remember exactly what she says, but she's like, kind of like, oh, that was lucky. Like she was stoked that yeah. there was also a, happened to be a dead dog. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was just like, as if you wouldn't notice that thing there. <laughs> and how disgusting is that? Like imagine yeah. hitting the ground and then you're like, nope, this is not grass. This is, this is a dead dog. Like, yeah. Ugh, so gross. And the sisters are kind of set up to be really massive outcasts. Like, the way that they dress, they're smoking, um, they, <laughs> they're slideshow in their class. And well, even, like, during the field hockey scene, like, you can see everyone is wearing, like, the grey school uniform. They're all wearing, like, a grey sweater. They're wearing grey sweatpants. And Bridget and Ginger are off to the side not wearing their, like, school gym uniform, mm. but wearing their own all black clothing and they stick out so much from this like scene of like uniformity of a high school. And I think yeah. it's a really great way of showing that like, Hey, by the way, if you haven't figured it out yet, these two are outcasts. Yeah. These are the ones that uh, everyone's picking on. Yeah. And the thing is like, I went to a performing arts high school. And so the people who were the art kids who would have dressed like that were kind of the, weren't treated that way like right. people wanted to be our friend right I did I not like, have that luxury <laughs> that's so weird like I was the emo kid right I was very class clown and that's probably why people noticed me but I didn't um and we wore school uniforms here I don't know if you wear school uniforms in Canada but um only in private schools yeah all yeah. our schools have so, uniforms here, yeah so I went to a yeah, public junior high, public high school, and both of them mm. were awful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a reason I was able to connect very quickly and easily to Bridget and Ginger. Um, I also think, like, you know, really quickly, during this time, you know, the early 2000s, there was not a lot of movies for people like Bridget and Ginger. Yeah. Whenever you saw yourself in a movie, you were, you know being picked on or bullied, right? Because those, the early 2000s was like, you know, never been kissed and 10 things I hate about you. Yeah. And like, even though those are like quirky outsider girls, they're not really, they're like beautiful, trim, you know? <laughs> so when you, when you cannot see yourself on screen ever, and then at school you cannot feel like you're fitting in ever, it's very hard. And then there's a beautiful little movie comes along where the two main characters are what you and your friends look like it's like just incredible and now it, that happens a lot more which is awesome but yeah. early 2000s we were not blessed with that yeah I <laughs> it feel was tough like, to, um, see, to find yourself on screen yeah yeah alternate people <laughs> yeah alternate totally. I don't it, there's not a lot of screen time for us but um yeah I feel like that changes I, I, obviously in your mainstream movies and your comedies and your rom-coms. And yeah. Well, I think then, a great example of the, is like the Scream TV show. You know, they're, yeah. that group dynamic is so fresh and unique. And there is each main character, they're all close friends, but they're all very different. You know, they're all very different stereotypes. And it's like, you know, it, it's a lot easier to find yourself in a TV show, especially a, yeah. a TV show now than it was back then. Yeah, I guess I didn't have I didn't really watch a lot of TV or movies between the ages of like fifteen and eighteen. Mm-hmm. I was just at gigs and Fair. getting called a loser at school for being the emo kid, but that's fine. Yeah, 
emo's cool now. Everyone wants to be emo now. And I was like, well, I've done that. Been there. <laughs> Been there, Still done there. that. Let me show you the photos from when I was 12. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no. I used to dye my hair black a lot, and I'm not doing that ever again. Oh, man. I was not allowed to dye my hair black until I turned 18, and I was also an emo child. Um, and it so killed me inside. <laughs> it was perhaps one of the hardest things I had to deal with. Just let me be emo mom. And then I turned 18, bought a box of black hair dye, and we haven't turned back since. And now I'm 31, and I'm still dying of black. <laughs> Big up for all those lost emo years. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. My, um, my grandma let me dye my hair, so I appreciate that. Aww. And then my sister, who is, uh, she's very blonde. Well, she was while we were kids. She's, her hair's brown now. Um, she dyed her hair black as well. And I can't, I don't know why she did that. I feel like when you she's also hair, very though, pale. You can, like, choose whatever color you want to do because you have that sort of, like, really easy base. Yeah. Like, if I had blonde hair, I would, like, never actually have blonde hair. I'd be like, let's do green, let's do blue. But when you have dark yeah. hair, it's like, you don't get that luxury. <laughs> when she started working, she started doing all different colors. That's awesome. So she had, um, yeah, she's done like purple and pink and green oh, and blue dream. and bright red. And I was like, oh, I'm so jealous. Yeah. Because <laughs> I have to like bleach, bleach bath my yeah, hair exactly, if I want to dye right? it. And it does so much damage. Oh, that's why I'm just brown again. That's it. Keep well, it looks cute. <laughs> Thanks. My hesitant <laughs> afro today. <coughs> oh, um... So the girls, as a revenge, um, decide that they're going to kidnap Trina's dog and, like, put some blood and guts out and make them think that, you know, the the beast of Bailey Downs has come and gotten Trina's dog. Because Trina's got this dog and she takes it to school? Yeah. I've always questioned that part. I'm like, I kind of think of it like when you had show and tell day and you would like be so excited to bring something in, but like Trina never got over it. So she like still brings her dog to school. <laughs> That's how I deal with that plot hole. <laughs> yeah. Cause I'm just like, there's no way in hell my school would have been like, yeah, that's fine. Bring your dog every yeah, day. Yeah. Just keep your Rottweiler tied up outside all day. It's fine. <laughs> you know, that's fine. I mean, I'd be excited if someone else did, because then I get to pat their dog. Yeah. <laughs> and so they're in a, um, they're out, and I love this, the bit before when the mom's like, we've got therapy tonight, like, don't go out. Oh my god, and I love the dad's Pam like, so much. They never go out. Yeah. But they do. I know. <laughs> Pam, like, Pam is the number one mom. Obviously, we'll get to that later, but, like, any scene that has the mom Pam in it she is yeah. so amazing like no matter what these girls do or say <laughs> to her she's like okay I love you have a great yeah. time like she just shows them she's love, the no most supportive best mom and she reminds me so much of my mom and I just I think that's why I love it so much because <laughs> it's just so on brand like I love it that's awesome she is um I just she reminds me of like um a, like Mean Girls with the mom in that. How yeah, the, hang, she's the just, camcorder. <laughs> yeah, that's her. <laughs> that is Pam. Yeah. Um, so they actually do leave the house, despite the dad thinking they never do. And they're in, I think they're in the park, and they find another dog there. Yep. And um, <laughs> I love how she's like, all right, pick up the dog. Yeah. And <laughs> the dog, the arm, you can just hear it go. So like, good. 
Because what's great about this movie is that they only use practical effects. So yeah. everything is so visceral and disgusting. And like yeah. B like pulls the leg and then she's just like, he's still warm. <laughs> and she's yeah. just like, I don't care. Like, do Let's it. Get it. Let's go. <laughs> and um, prior to this, like um, Ginger had been talking about how her back is sore. And the mom at the table is like, she's like, is, is it, it sore like here? your lower back? <laughs> is it tight around your waist? And I'm like, oh, like she's I was so like, excited that Ginger might be yeah. in her period. Like she's so stoked. <laughs> Ew. I wasn't living with my mum when I got my first period. I was living with my grandma. And I don't even remember what happened. Like I don't I think I've just blocked, blocked it out. That yeah. Part. But I remember because my dad um lived quite a while away from us, you know, like maybe a two hour drive or whatever. And so every second weekend, we'd spend the weekend with him. And I remember one time I was like, Dad, I've, I've got to go to the chemist. And he was like, okay, what do you, what do you need? And I was like, I need lady things. And he was like, <laughs> oh, oh, um, okay, I'll give you the money. If you know what you need, you can go in and get it. And I was like, thank God he's not going to be weird about this. <laughs> I think there, like later on, there's this great scene where... Ginger and Bridget go to buy tampons for the first time yeah. <laughs> and the way it's shot it makes the shelves look endless and Bridget yeah. looks so tiny as she's trying to pick the right brand and I feel like that's still me like I'm yeah. 31 and I walk into a tampon aisle and I'm like I don't know this is I don't know there's so ah. many options like and I think it, that's such a great part of it where it's just like it like even your first time, your fiftieth time, your one hundred fiftieth time, still the same. It's confusing. It's <laughs> never the same. There's so many tampon brands, and I don't know what to do. <laughs> and why is it so expensive? Oh, don't even get me started on uh, that. Yeah, they uh, should be free. <laughs> yes, please. I mean, I get a birth control needle every three months, so I actually don't. I haven't had my period for four years and the thought of coming off my needle and getting one I'm just like nope no 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 that scares me more than like getting pregnant like having to go through having another period yeah it's not great it's like this no. is another reason I connect to this movie so well is that like you know I think we need to normalize girls getting their period and talking yeah. about it and um while this movie doesn't do I guess the best job of normalizing it because you know we don't all turn into werewolves no and men watching this and boys watching this might get super confused um (laughs) but it is you know I'm I'm very open about mine like I'm very open because I just think we need to sort of be that voice for younger girls and I hope that this movie does kind of you know give some girls younger girls some hope and help because I even remember like in a little bit, they there's like a they go to the the nurse, the high school nurse, or, yeah. and she tells them a bunch of facts about their periods. And I remember watching that at fourteen and not knowing those facts and being like, "Oh, yeah. interesting." Takes notes. There's like, still so much like I don't just, know. No one teaches you it. No, no one teaches they you. They just expect you. No, because you know what they've done. They've done this whole mum needs to have the talk. Yeah, and it's just like my mum's not a doctor. Yeah, my mum 
when I was, you know, I think I got my period at like 13 or 14, like my mum didn't have access to Google on her yeah. smartphone. Like... And everyone's <laughs> is different. Like that's yeah. what the world does not understand is that every woman has a completely different experience yeah. almost month to month. Some months I'm like, who is she? I don't even know. Haven't had this before. Yeah. This is a fun new symptom. with um, PMD mm-hmm. and... It's just in so like, like even I, if your mom is like, here's how it all works. Here's what a tampon is. Like still she doesn't have the same things that you do. So mm. like you're like, oh, I'm a this is abnormal, but I'm too scared yeah. to ask anyone because I sh- I'm ashamed of it, you know. And like it upsets me, and that's why we need to yeah. talk about it more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm one of those people that's just like I'll openly talk about it, and if yep. anyone's offended, then I'm gonna ask them how the hell do you think you got here? Yeah. <laughs> You were a missed period. Yeah. And your mom was bombed. Yeah. Your like mom was probably seconds. really devo. Yeah. She was probably really wanting her period that month. Yeah. <laughs> so way to go. You ruined her life. Because <laughs> um, actually I was planned because my parents lost a baby before I was born. Oh. Um, yeah, my mom had miscarried. And so they were kind of, I guess my mom was kind of hoping she wouldn't yeah, she was stoked get her period. She yeah. She was stoked that I was a Miss Period. <laughs> and then I my sister came along and she was Maybe wasn't I'll call planned. my mom tomorrow and be like, Were you stoked? Were you not stoked? <laughs> I'm going to ask my grandma afterwards and be like, Hey, when you fell pregnant with mum and her brother and sister, were you stoked? Or were you no. like, Man, I can't believe I freaking missed it. I'm late. Like, that is the worst fear. Like, I know that this movie yeah. is all about turning into a werewolf. But, like, the second fear under turning into a werewolf <laughs> is when you're, like, two days late and there's that moment where you're, like, it could show up tomorrow. Am I? Or we're going to have to have a serious conversation right now. Yep. <laughs> That's the Definitely second fear there. to werewolf. Yeah. Yeah. And men listening, now you know. <laughs> Welcome, the more you know. <laughs> fear you. Maybe if I sing it, there'll be chiller about it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I love it. I, um, yeah, my sister and I are very open. We're just like, eh, whatever. Because we're, uh, there's two boys out of all my siblings. Oh. I feel for them. <laughs> I, um, the two babies in the family are both boys. Oh. And oh, they're about, uh, I think they're, so there's 18 years between me and the youngest. Okay. And then there's, I think, 10 years between the second youngest and the youngest. Okay. I think, about about that. Big age, so yeah. they're really close to in age and uh, yeah. they never grew up in the same house as me. So. Right. <laughs> they're lucky. <laughs> um and so speaking of periods, um Ginger actually has her first period because Bridget notices some blood on her leg. Now, men, this is not this is um not typical. Yeah. of a period. Um, so if you see this scene, this doesn't usually happen. Um, periods have a tendency to clot, yeah. not stream down, down your, your leg. leg. Yeah. Also, um, any 10-year-old girls out there, this also you're okay. Happen. This is not normal. Um, no, <laughs> if this really exactly. did happen, please go to your mother. Go <laughs> and get to a doctor. Yeah, this have her drive you to here. a gynecologist. <laughs> yes. But for the, the movie, blood that comes out we have to is... make a point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The blood that comes out is actually tissue from your uterus and dead blood. Yeah. So this was like the shining like elevators. Yeah. <laughs> and it shouldn't be like that. That's the that's my worst fear. 
shining elevators. No. Like having a period like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or period sneezes. They can go in the bin too. <laughs> Ugh. That's why I refuse to get my period. I'm like, you I'm refuse? Gonna... <laughs> like, like every month your period comes knocking and you're like, not no. today, bitch. Get out of here. No. And the, the and worst stops. thing is like, I'm due for my needle next week and I can't go get it until the week after. And my period will like, as soon as my needle's due, my period's like, oh, knocking snap. on the door. Like I'm coming in. <laughs> I'm just like, no, no, you're not. Like my back is already aching. My skin oh, no. is breaking out. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to end up with my period. This movie's going to curse you. <laughs> well, Ginger thinks she has the curse. That's true. Actually, the line during this part is, I just got the curse. <laughs> and it's, it, and the funny thing is because they're really behind in their, like, um, like, uh, mens- like menstrual development. Yes. And yeah. the mum does mention it's that. like, on average, and again, if you're not at this age, it's totally fine. But on average, it's 11 to 13. So yeah. these girls are about three years past the average age of getting it yeah so and if you haven't gotten it by 15 that is fine i was closer to 15 i'm pretty sure i can't must have been i don't even know my sister was 11 so i was 11 yeah i was yeah. 11 yeah my poor little she was, she was in primary school yeah like, imagine that yeah oh. no privacy in primary school either at least in high school you've got a little bit more privacy yeah exactly uh so they, um, oh, during this time, um, the beast comes and grabs Ginger. Yeah. And we don't see the beast, do we, in that no. part? Although really quick, right before she gets grabbed, there is like a really quick moment I want to talk about is that yeah. when Ginger realizes she, like it is happening, um, she has this great line where she's like, you kill yourself to be different and your own body screws you. And, mm. you know, I think both of these sisters are outsiders, but they also want to be outsiders, but they also don't want to be outsiders. Yeah. And it's this battle that they have. And I think them not getting their period is a point of pride for them, but also they're both also terrified of becoming adults and like becoming an yeah. adult is, you know, unfortunately for women, when you get your period, there is that thing about you where it's like okay well now you're maturing now you're an adult because back in the day you know when you were like 11 they were like great you can have babies now so like we we still had that weird mind frame like of of being raised like that so instantly their dynamic changes like ginger is now an adult and bridget is not and it's like from this point on we're gonna see them drifting apart coming back drifting apart and i think like yeah. this moment is so important in the story and i just love it i love it so much because then as you're like you know living in this moment the friggin monster comes out of nowhere and rips her literally out from bridget like yeah. it's such a traumatic moment yeah, and her, like, running into the forest after her sister. I yeah. was like, I'd do the same. Yeah. I'd throw myself in there. <laughs> and it's pretty scary. Like like you said, you don't really see what grabs Ginger. You just hear her screaming. Yeah. You hear trees rustling. There's lights coming on, lights going off. Like, you have no clue what's going on if you've never, mm. like, if you don't know what this movie is at this point. You're like, yeah. what is happening? Like, what has grabbed, where are you going? Yeah. <laughs> And I just love that um, Bridget 
rescues her. And yeah. I was like, oh, my little sister had saved me too. smacks the monster with her Polaroid camera. <laughs> and so they're running away. And this is where um, Sam, who's the local drug dealer... But yeah, Sam is very problematic. When I was yes. 15, <laughs> I was like, I love me some Sam. Like, get me that. And as a 31-year-old, I'm like, he's got to be, like, he doesn't go to high school. He works as a landscaper at the high school. So he's got to be, like, <laughs> 19, 20. And you're maybe older. 15-year-olds. Hanging around these children. And Trina, as we see early on, is, like, hook, has hooked up with him. And I'm like, mm. Sam sucks. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's Sam. I love that. <laughs> but I like that he knows everything. I was like, but he could have still been like the he high school stoner. He didn't have to be this twenty-year-old hanging around with kids. Yeah. But he saves them accidentally yeah. by hitting the beast <laughs> with his van. <laughs> with his with his stoner van, landscaper stoner van. <laughs> and um. Bridget and Ginger get home and, you know, Ginger's got a massive scratch on her shoulder. And she doesn't want to go to hospital because she doesn't want her mum to know. And, you know, um, Bridget's going to do whatever Ginger says and, you know, not make her go and get help. (laughs) And that's such child logic. Like, I feel like when you're a teenager, like, you're more scared of getting in trouble with your parents than going to the hospital because you've hurt yourself. Like, the amount of situations I've been in where someone has, like, severely hurt themselves. And they're like, hey, but we can't go home because my mom can't know. And I'm like, well, you're bleeding profusely, and I don't know how to sew, so we need to do something. But it's, like, that (laughs) child logic of, like, that's more frightening, and, like, that's what Ginger is at right now. She's like, I would rather bleed to death on this basement floor than have Pam know that I left the house, got attacked by a werewolf, got my period. Like, she's like, no, (laughs) no. But, um, I think it, is it this scene where the mum fight, like, they, obviously she, um, it starts healing instantly. Like, Bridget's like, oh, it's healing. I can, I can see it growing back together. And, um, this is where the relationship between the sisters kind of take a downturn because Ginger's, you know, smoking weed with Jason and, um, Bridget's not too happy about it, um, for obvious reasons, you know, um. She's watching her biggest fears come true. Her sister is now an adult. She is now interested in men. She is now doing drugs. She is not the person that she was two days ago. And that is terrifying to Bridget. And she does not know what to do with herself. So she just sort of follows Ginger around in the distance. She doesn't have any friends of her own, so. It's really sad. It is sad. I was like, oh, Bridget, I'd be your friend. Yeah. I I like like your bone pen. Oh, yeah. I was going to bring that up. I totally like, I bought one of those pen. like two years ago. And I was like, ah, my dream has come true. I'm officially Bridget. Because I could not find one when I was 16. But I I found oh, one. Oh, I think, um, you know Cotton On? No. I don't know if Cotton On uh, might be marketed as a different brand overseas. Mm. But they have a uh, stationery and giftware store called Typo. And they always have bone pens. So I'm going to get one now. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) I'm going to go today. I do have the the chicken skull necklace (gasps) that Bridget and Ginger wear. It's actually just, I know the podcast can't see it, but it's right there on my bookshelf. 
Mm. That's right there. Um, I don't wear it because it is actually a real chicken skull, and I'm worried yeah. that it would like break. But yeah, I definitely like have spent the last 15 years of my life slowly bringing things from this movie into my world. <laughs> That's so cool. I uh, yeah, I'm gonna get a I'm gonna get a bone pen definitely. <laughs> But she's actually tracking her sister's uh, period. <laughs> With a flashlight in the dark. <laughs> in the like, I love that. And I was like, that's so childlike as well. Like, yeah. trying to be secretive and, like, hiding. But while she's doing that, you know, like, Ginger's out with Jason um, losing her virginity. Although, and... basically, like, I see that, this is a little bit controversial, but I see that as Ginger raping Jason. Because um, at that point, she has like gotten that. so, like, wolf-like. And you can mm. hear Jason being like, okay, let's slow it down. Like, no, no, no. Yeah. And then she jumps on him, bites him, and from there, you know, we hear him screaming and we pull away. Yeah. And, like, I see that as, like, Jason got raped. Like, Yeah, because if roles were reversed, that's yeah. how it'd be seen. Exactly. And then, um, yeah, I... Yeah, now that you mentioned that, yeah. Because I did see, I thought she was going to kill him. Yeah. So that's why I was like, oh. And oh, it's such a cleverly played scene because as soon as yeah. the car scene happens, Bridget hears Ginger come home and finds her vomiting blood and yeah. covered in all this stuff. And you think that she's killed Jason because that's yeah. the last scene that you saw. And you're like, holy crap. Like, we've gone from zero to 150. She's like, killing people now. Yeah. But uh, we find out the next day she's actually killed Norman, their annoying next door neighbor's dog. He had it coming. <laughs> I love Just that kidding. scene at the front though, where the kid's got his hockey stick and Norman's like hanging on it. <laughs> that hockey kid is so annoying. Like yeah. I feel like there were ten of them on my street growing up, and I hate <laughs> them. <laughs> hockey wasn't a thing here, so yeah, that's like we all we do here. Unfortunately, we just have scooter kids, like kids on their scooters everywhere. Oh. And I was like, oh, I want a scooter now. Yeah. One of those Razor X edges. Yeah. Yeah. They're like those. Yeah. I don't think they sell those anymore. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think Those so. were coveted items in our, in our youth. <laughs> the Razor X. <laughs> I had one of them. Nice. I think I would have been like, oh, maybe I was getting to the point where it was too old. I was too old to own one. Right. But because my siblings were old enough to have them, I wanted one as well. Yeah. I was like, you can't get them one and not me. And there was an entire generation of us who had like who have like broken ankles because of those scooters, oh, just like permanently dented and bruised ankles from those very poorly oh. made Razor X scooters. Oh, they were horrible, weren't they? Yeah. Um. So <laughs> during this time, so the <laughs> the next day, um, we see Jason rock up at the bleachers, and he's like. Ginger Fitzgerald rocked my world. <laughs> and he's like covered in these weird like dots, like um circ like looks like pimples on his head. Yeah. And I was like, that's like another thing with puberty. Yeah, I think that, that like happens. that is what happens when a male gets infected. And like they're Oh wait. Oh I lost you for a sec. Okay. Um, yeah, I feel like that's what happens to the males when they're infected. Like yeah. they can't have periods. So their bodies are accelerating the puberty that men go through, which is just yeah. as awful as women. Let's give them oh, yeah. some credit. They're very stinky and hairy and their bodies are, they can't control their own bodies and it's terrifying. 
Yeah, I actually recently did a unit of study on adolescent development. Mm -hmm. So I learned about like the different stages of puberty because obviously I know what mine is. Mm -hmm. But reading about like male puberty development, I was like, oh, that sounds horrible. Yeah. Like, and there's our like, like, we can hide ours. Like, ours, a lot of ours is, you know, internal. And, Mm. and men, boys, boys, they can't hide it. Like, I remember. Like they, you know, they would get like boners in class and stuff, and they Aww. can't help it. You know what I mean? I don't like remember it's not. That, but that's oh, horrible. maybe that's a Canadian thing. Just kidding. No, <laughs> just kidding. Um, but I that happened quite a lot. Like I remember in junior high and high school, like you would, they would be like it would just happen because it's like it's not like they were sitting there being like boobs, butts, boobs. Like it was just their body yeah. was filled with hormones. Like and oh yeah. yeah. Ugh. And the thing is, like, um, males go through puberty in a much shorter time frame than what women, like, like females do as well. So theirs is, like, super, 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 like, in this jam-packed period. Oh, wow. Where females happen at, like, a, like a, it's, they're both gradual, but women have a longer development cycle. Right. It's, it's nuts. We've <laughs> got more like, parts wow. to grow. Yeah, I guess that's probably what it is. <laughs> And a bigger brain to grow as well. Amen. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. So, um, Jason, he's like, oh, did she uh, get you, get a period on you too? And he's like, oh, God damn it. Because he's got like a patch of blood like on his crutch. And he goes to the bathroom to pee. And he's like peeing a torrent of like blood. Yeah. And, and it's such a well done scene. Yeah. It was scary for me. I was like, oh, has he got a UTI? <laughs> Do you pee blood with UTIs? I don't know. I've never done Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I never have. Yes. But you can. In extreme circumstances, yeah. Oh, when it goes there, up into your There kidneys. can be blood. That Yeah. That's yeah. like, if you're peeing blood, it's gone too far, basically. Yeah. yeah. It's traveled yeah. too far up your, your urinary tract. Yes. Um, we're also teaching anatomy in today's episode. Yes. Welcome to our <laughs> podcast where we talk about vaginas and penises and puberty. <laughs> Next up, it's yeast a- infections. Oh, no. No, thanks. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> um... And he's, like, rushing through the hall. So he's, like, covered in pimples. Yeah. And he's, like, crutches covered in blood. And yeah. Bridget sees him and knows straight away. Yeah. She's, like, they had unprotected sex and now he's infected. Yep. And this whole time Sam's been kind of, like, helping Bridget. Yeah. But Bridget Bridget's... has told Sam that she was the one that got bit. So yeah. Sam doesn't really know about Ginger. And, like, this is when Bridget's, like okay, things are out of control. Like, I need, like, we need to find a permanent solution to this. Mm. So they're looking through all these different um, solutions and, oh, excuse me, um, whatnot. And so he gives her his earring, which is silver. Mm -hmm. And this scene absolutely just tortured my soul. Oh, really? (laughs) Watching Bridget try to pierce Ginger's belly button. I was like, ah, no. Stop, that needle's not clean. Well, she held it over an open flame, so (laughs) I'm pretty sure it's very clean. (laughs) Like, that's just that thought. Oh, goodness gracious. (laughs) You're worried about that? You're worried about her being a werewolf? Now you're going to have to worry about sepsis. Yeah. (laughs) 
but obviously it doesn't uh, at this point we don't know if it's doing anything and we can kind of see ginger also physically changing at this point like her nails are really thick and um her teeth kind of are getting rotting. a little sharper yeah and her actually I, I noticed her jaw was going more and more like um inward yeah and pointy i think that yeah because i was like her face is looking different too and so they pierce her belly button and they're hanging out and Trina shows up at their house because um, her dog has gone missing. And Ginger had, you know, threatened to kidnap the dog at, um, earlier that day. Mm-hmm. Or I'm, I'm not sure. Like two days remember. before or whatever. Yeah. So she thinks that, that um, Ginger has taken it. And they end up fighting and... Trina grabs a knife, and I was like, she's going to stab Ginger, and it's going to go really bad. (laughs) Um, But she just ends up killing herself. Yep. She slips on some spilt milk and smashes her head on the side of the counter. Takes herself out. I was like, whoa. But right before giving a very impassioned speech about Sam being a cherry hound, which is a man that likes to take young women's virginity. And I feel like Trina finally, like, starts to redeem herself. Like, she's, like, telling Bridget to stay away from Sam. She's like, you know, someone needs to take a stand against him. Don't let him take it from you. And I'm like, yes, Trina. Like, let's do this. Like, screw that. Screw the patriarchy. And then she slips and dies. And Bridget's like, well, too bad. (laughs) Like, now we need to hide the body. (laughs) Their reaction was like, uh, did you really just do that? (laughs) And I was like, you know, if they had just left her the way she was, they wouldn't they wouldn't need to hide her body. Yeah, they didn't kill her. <laughs> they didn't kill her. She did she's literal like forensic science would conclude <laughs> that she did this to herself. That it was accidental. Yeah. But um they hear their parents coming in and I love this bit where so um good. the mum and the dad come in and you think that they find Trina, but it's actually Ginger laying down and Bridget taking photos as if it's one of their death scenes because there's blood everywhere. Yeah. And um, it was just really cool because the mum's just like, oh, clean this up. I told you guys no more deaths in the house. Yeah. And Ginger like sucks her fingers and she's like, it's just corn syrup, daddy. You want to try some? And he's like, oh. I was like, ew. <laughs> Yucky. Oh, and um. They put Trina's body in the freezer. As you and do. The, and I love when Pam's going to put the meat in the freezer. And then Bridget's like, Mum, what do boys want? And I was just like, this is Pam's Genius. moment. She's been waiting for this. Yeah. Because Pam, as we find out, has stacks of magazines filled with articles that she's highlighted <laughs> for any situation in a teenage she's like, girl's I'm life. I kept this. <laughs> she's brilliant, isn't yeah. she? It just reminds She's me so great. much of my mom. Like, my mom has so many magazines with, like, little tabbies, but they're all, like, recipes that she likes. Yeah. But it just reminds me of that, like, sitting in bed. Like, she's got a little curlers in, and she pulls up her magazine. She's just, like, Aww. I love it. I love it. Bless. That's so cool. <laughs> and she, um... But they have this obviously long-winded conversation, because they don't show the whole conversation except Pam saying, and that's what boys want. Yeah. And you can see that Pam has a pretty negative opinion of men in general based on her own experiences. and (laughs) On her own marriage. (laughs) You can just imagine that that speech was like, 
you just got to do whatever. It's awful. Men are terrible. But, you know, that's yeah. the life. Like, she's just, <laughs> you do what you got to do. <laughs> well, that's it. You just got to do what you got to do to get by. Yeah. Um, and so they put, they get, later that night, they um, take her body out. And I love when she's like, oh, I'll get the screwdriver. How quickly did that body freeze? Right. It's got frostbite. It's got frostbite. That takes months. And I love that, like, because this is in Canada, they could have just put the body outside and it would have frozen faster <laughs> than if you put it in a freezer. So, I'm just saying. Like, in Canada, when your alcohol is warm, you just put the beer cans outside the door for 10 minutes and then it's like they were That's in the so freezer. Cool. So, like, it just cracks me up. They're like, let's just put the body in the freezer. And then it's like, yeah, like you said, it's like freezer burn. And you're like, <laughs> How is, that, is well, this freezer outside? <laughs> like, what is happening? Yeah. And I love that um, Bridget, like, the first stab, she's like, oh. <laughs> uh oh. And it's like her two fingers. She's like, broken off two of Trina's frozen snap fingers. Snap them all. And they um, end up burying her out in um, the cubby house, which earlier in the movie, you see Bridget in there. <laughs> That's where she tracks. Um, gender's period and watches werewolf movies (laughs) and takes copious notes in their little their little she shed in the backyard i love that i was like i love that it says so much about how different bridget and ginger are yeah like that bridget still is this really innocent child who's just trying to help yeah like she was like my sister is turning into a werewolf so I'm going to watch horror movies about werewolves. Yeah. And she genuinely thinks that that's how you get information. And, you know, it's just, it's very innocent of her. And she yeah. sees this guy in the horror movie, like, shoot a werewolf with a silver bullet in her face. She's like, oh, my God, I'm going to have to do that. Like, you know, there's no other options. because <laughs> She's 15 years old. Like, <laughs> yeah, I loved that. I really, really liked that. Um, and so Bridget... Um, they find out because Bridget's obviously been spending a lot of time with Sam trying to figure out what's going on and um, basically Bridget is saying you can't go out anymore Ginger you you need to stay home and um, she also discovers uh, that Ginger has a tail yeah in a very unnerving scene where she approaches her sister sleeping and peels back her underwear in the dark while she's sleeping and sees a little nub wiggling. It's just and like, then that tail just keeps on getting bigger. And it's just... Yeah. I love the scene where they're in um, gym class and she's like taking her tail. Electrical tape her. wrapping the tail. And yeah. they're just like, well, here we go. Time to play field hockey. And I, it's just... Those are the... Th- I think it shows like a really great relationship as well between sisters. Yeah. Where it's like you do anything to try and help the other and keep them safe and you know, hide their secrets and just, yeah, it was all the things that I do for my sisters. Right. Well, maybe not all of them. (laughs) (laughs) Only like 25% of them. (laughs) Yeah. 33.3%. Okay, cool. (laughs) Because I have three sisters. (laughs) (laughs) They're listening like, um... (laughs) Of the youngest listens to the podcast, so... So she loves you. You are part of that 33%. You are the 33.3%. Don't worry about Emily. Yeah, it's all you. (laughs) You're doing great. (laughs) And so so she goes to, um... Um... 
am I up to? So, um, Ginger and Bridget go to Sam together. And Ginger's just a massive bitch. Mm-hmm. Like, she really is. Like, she she's really, really is. horrible. She's really nasty to him. Um, like, she's her whole demeanor has changed. And I think that <laughs> it is. This whole, you know, movie's meant to be a metaphor for womanhood, right? Mm-hmm. And I was just like, yeah, but not all of us are like that. <laughs> like, when I think it's but it is very typical. Mix of, like, she's jealous that Sam is showing an interest in Bridget, even though it's not sexual in any way, shape, or form. But because Ginger is getting all the attention, and now all of a sudden this older male is showing attention to her younger sister, she's super jealous of it, but Mm. she's also super protective of Bridget, and she's like battling in her mind where she's like, oh, you're a pervert, you're just trying to get in my sister's pants, but also, like, hi, look at me, I'm pretty, why don't you care? And it's like, yeah. that is such a teenage girl. Like, you are so confused about your emotions, and you're super sensitive, and you're super jealous, and you're super, like, you know, you want, you would die for your best friend, but, like, if the guy you, like, looks at her, you're like, okay, well, I'm going to kill her, because he needs to look at yeah. me. Like, it's so <laughs> confusing. And, like, yeah. but these two are sisters, so it's extra confusing, because there's that, like, built-in family protectiveness, you know, and and you see that coming out in Ginger. It's like a complete internal battle going on in her brain. Yeah. but uh, And it is that whole pick me. Yeah. <laughs> like, why Why won't you pay attention to me? Yeah. And, and it does come off as a, you know, and I've been there at that age and experienced that. So I, I know, we know the battle. Yeah. <laughs> and um, eventually... Um, uh, Sam says, you know, we've got to try monkshood. And it only grows in spring. Um, also known as Wolfsbane. Wolfsbane. Which is really cool. Which is, you know, throughout all lore and with werewolves and stuff, that's what they talk about as being a cure, as the way to kill them. And yeah. Alongside, like, silver and, and whatnot. And so... Um, uh, they it's Halloween because there's a Halloween party that's coming up and um, he, she locks um, Ginger in the bathroom, doesn't she? Yeah, in their basement bathroom. At this time. Yeah. Yeah. And so Ginger's like really, you can see how much she has changed at this point. Like her teeth are really quite um, canine and... Her eyes are starting to change colour as well, and her she's got grey strands yeah, in her hair, color. which I thought was really cool. And so um, Bridget takes over some monk's hood that she found, like her mum had brought home from a craft store, and she's like, what? Good old Pam. And again, just like my mom, my mom is obsessed with dried flowers. They hang in her <laughs> kitchen. And I'm just like, this is such a, like, if I needed, like, a weird flower to cure some weird infection, my mom would be like, got Got it, it. it's in the kitchen, it's hanging above the fridge. Like, it's just such a mom thing, and I love it. (laughs) My mom never did that. Oh. Oh. She's not a, I don't think think you didn't uh, get infected by a werewolf, so. Yeah. Thanks, mom. You're lucky. (laughs) And um, at this point, Sam's saying, I know it's for Ginger. Yeah. Like, I know you're not changing because obviously you're, you're not physically going through anything right now. And um, they create a an antidote yeah. for this infection because they've decided it's an infection in this film. 
I, I don't really I don't really watch a lot of werewolf films, so I don't know how it happens. It's always a bite, films. right? So I guess it yeah. is kind of an infection. Because yeah. you're getting it from the saliva. Or blood. Yeah. Or... Ooh. And so they create this really cool purple-looking antidote. I really liked that. Yeah. And so Bridget's trying to find Ginger, and she runs into Jason. And um, he, you know, is very overly sexual because of all the hormones and his puberty or whatever his infection is sending him through. And he attacks Bridget, which was really sad. Yeah. Because she looks so sad and scared. And he, she stabs him with uh, the cure and it works. And he's not like how he's like, I, I've got a class to get to. And the syringe with, like, is still the sticking out his neck. He's like, oh, hey, Bridget, what's up? I'm just going to go over here. And you're just like, you just tried to I kill a child him. and then kill Bridget. Like, yeah, you were trying to steal that kid's candy. What the hell? <laughs> and um, so Ginger gets to school and... Um, Iconic scene. Iconic scene. When Ginger walks through the school doors, mm. full, like, well, I guess like half werewolf, half woman, like hair is all gray and white. She looks flawless. And it's just like, boom, 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 boom. And everyone's watching her. Oh, man. I'm like, play that you... on my tombstone. That is like <laughs> my favorite scene. Ginger. Just, just like a like... projector. Yes. <laughs> Ginger's just like full confident. She's yeah. Got her... She's like accepted that this is happening. And she's like, I kind of like it. I'm going to go with it. Let's do it. And um, Bridget also gets to school. But Ginger has to go. I can't remember what happens, but Ginger gets sent to the guidance office because ginger shows her boobs <laughs> to jason that's friend. right and good that's old right. mr wayne from the beginning of the movie our guidance counselor watches her do this and then says like, ginger fuck? get in my office right now and she's like okay and she pulls her shirt down <laughs> follows him in i couldn't i thought that out oh my god <laughs> classic ginger and um so bridget comes to school and she gets called to the guidance Office, guidance counselor's office but when she gets there um, Ginger like yanks her into the room and there's like blood everywhere and Mr. Wayne's dead face down on the um, on the on the, uh, the desk on his desk which is really sad I wish he had been around for a little bit longer yeah. it was fun and um, I can't really I'm trying to remember what happens here but Bridget ends up being so like ginger is she kills mr wayne because again teenage logic she's like he was gonna call pam like he was gonna call her mom yeah so i had nothing i had no option and i killed him and then bridget's like okay well we need to clean this up so they wait until school ends bridget goes into the hallway finds the janitor's cart and the janitor has made like cute little appearances throughout this whole movie he's just like this sweet little janitor man and when she brings the cart back to the guidance office she finds the cute little janitor has been also attacked by ginger um that's so sad because she doesn't like the way that he was looking at bridget and again we come full circle ginger is battling these thoughts and now she is acting on them and bridget is like this is really bad like we have gone too far now you can't do this yeah you can't do these things and um, so the janitor's crawling up the 
hallway when Bridget comes back and I was like oh she must be so sad because he saved her he did save her because at one point Jason like before he attacks that child he shoves Bridget into a closet Mm. and it's like super intimidating and he's like you need to help me like I know that this is you know Ginger's doing and the janitor saves Bridget from what could have been a very was probably already a scary situation but we don't know where it could have gone because it's Jason Mm. turning into you know this werewolf yeah it was really that yeah that was very unnerving and then I was like oh thank god that janitor showed up (laughs) and um it's during this scene where the sisters like relationship really hits like an exploding point because you know Ginger saying to her I said I'd die for you and Bridget's like no you said you'd die with me because you have nothing better to do yeah and I was like, oh. And Bridget's like, I would rather treated be her. dead than be what you are. Because Ginger's like, join yeah. me. Like, let's do this together. We've always been in this together. Let me infect you. And Bridget's like, that's a hard no from me. Yeah. Because, um, yeah. And, you know, Ginger's, this is like another part where Ginger's battling who she's becoming. Because she says, you know, do you think I want to go back to being nobody? Yeah. And that's a huge, powerful line. Because... Bridget and Ginger were thriving off of being nobody. They were working hard to be nobody. And I think Bridget has never wanted to be popular. I think she truly likes being an outsider. Whereas Ginger probably has always secretly yearned to be like Trina. And this is where she admits to it. Where she's like, I am somebody now. Boys are paying attention to me. I'm bullying people. I'm pushing people around. People fear me. And Bridget quickly realizes that she definitely wouldn't want that. And that she is, her and Ginger are very different than she originally thought that they were. Yeah. And that's like a, a real turning point for what I thought, because, you know, there's a few scenes where Pam says to her, you know, be your own person. Like you're not joined at the wrist. You can do something on your own. Yeah. Like in one of the beginning scenes, like um, Ginger you know, snaps at her mom and Pam is like, you know, go to your room and Bridget follows her. And Pam's like, you don't, I didn't, you don't need to go to your room. Like you're not in trouble, but it's Bridget's instinct to follow Ginger wherever she goes, even though she is not in trouble. She goes to her room with Ginger. So the story, like with this whole movie, it's very much a part of each of them finding who they are. Yeah. It's kind of really cool because obviously in the end, it's not that cool. (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and so they end up, um, I think Ginger takes off. Yeah, and... Ginger goes to head to the Halloween party. and Yeah. Um, oh, and while this is going on, Pam finds oh, Trina's yes. fingers in the backyard. Yeah. But, well, technically the dad finds it. Henry finds it. And then Pam's like, oh, don't worry. These are just props from their, from their death photos. But when she, she gets a better look, she's like, oh, no, these are real fingers. And she puts Ooh. them in a little Tupperware container. Aww. And, and then the she fridge. gets in her minivan and she's like, I'm going to go find these girls. And it's so yeah. amazing. Even though, you know, it's quite a haunting fact that your kids have killed someone and buried them in your backyard. And she's just like, oh, got to go sort these girls out. Yeah. Got to go figure something out. And she finds Bridget. And she's like, you know, I know you've done something bad. And like hands the Tupperware <laughs> container to Bridget. And Bridget's like, oh, shit. Yeah. And she doesn't get into trouble. And yeah. they have quite a like, this strange is, conversation. Yeah, this is also a super important scene, I think, because 
you know, Pam is has come to accept that her girls somehow killed Trina. She doesn't know the true story, yeah. but um and her instinct is she's going to find her girls. She's going to as she says I'm going to burn down the house and we're going to leave. And <laughs> I'm you know, <laughs> I'm going to keep you safe. Um and yeah, they're like what about dad? And she's like it, you know, they'll he'll just blame me. They're all going to blame me because that's what happens, right? Like yeah. when teenagers do terrible things, the parents do get blamed for it a lot of times, you know, especially with the, you know, Columbine shootings to bring that up again. Those parents were put under microscopes and blamed for their child's behavior. And, you know, it's not always the fault of the parent. And like, we can see that very clearly here. Pamela raised these children with anything that they need. That house is big. It's beautiful. They clearly are middle-class wealthy, you know, they, she supports them in everything they do. They're wearing, freaking skulls around their neck and she's like well here's some cake because you got your period i love you like she's but she would get blamed and her husband would blame her and so she's like screw this i'm gonna take my girls and we're gonna leave and i think we're getting out of here bridget sees that and i think she takes some confidence from it like for the first time i think she actually sees her mom as a strong female in her life and is like i i'm gonna do what she's gonna do I'm going to save my mom by not bringing her, but I'm going to take that idea and I'm going to take Ginger and get out of here. I think it's really, I just love, I love that minivan scene and I love that it's in a minivan. Yeah. (laughs) Very typical middle class mom thing to do. Have a D&M with your kid in a minivan. Yep. And um, so Bridget rocks up to the Halloween party to try and find Sam. But at this point, Ginger's trying to sleep, like have sex with Sam. And he's like, no, get off me. But when she rocks up to that Halloween party with like her face. Iconic like, scene. Iconic it was scene. so cool. Her hair. Yeah. I loved it. Because everyone's like, awesome costume. And I'm like, yeah. yeah and she's like, her costume. eyebrows are gone. Her nose is yeah. more wolf-like. You can actually see like the nipples, the wolf female nipples on her stomach like she's like 90 percent transformed at this point Mm. and then when she like rocks up into sam's little staff only room which is just really his hydroponic setup for (laughs) all his illegal drug activity um (laughs) protected by a door that says staff only (laughs) so you know the cops won't go in there they're like oh gotta gotta you know respect the, the door sign there yeah, and I was actually really worried that Bridget would rock up and see that whole scene, like, ha- unfolding. And I was just like, oh, Bridget's going to get hurt because Sam's her friend. And Ginger's obviously only doing this to hurt Bridget. And But I feel like at that point, Bridget would know that. I think that I if so. Bridget had walked like in when that. they were like, when, when Ginger was like straddling him and kissing him, I think that at this point in this story, Bridget would be like, this is Ginger, not Sam. Like, my friend is being attacked mm. by my sister, so I'm going to save him. Yeah. But I'm glad she didn't see it. Yeah. She's got a <laughs> lot on her plate right now. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't need that. And this is where, um... I really... <laughs> where she, like, snaps his arm. Oh. I can't Savage. stand bones breaking. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I- cannot stand that sound but they make a new pact to um basically be werewolves together and be in this together and escape together and 
Um, so Bridget cuts her arm, like her hand open, and uh, uh, Ginger's hand open, and shares their blood, and you know infects herself. Um, so they're running away, and Sam sneaks up and <laughs> absolutely smashes Ginger's head in with a shovel. Yeah. Well, not in, but knocks her upside the head. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, ouch. And so they chuck her in the back of the van, and they um, they have to go back to the house because that's where the um, the cure is, where the wolf's bane is. And so they're driving along, driving along, and obviously Ginger's changing. You know, she's transforming into this wolf, and that scene was really cool. So good. It's just like you don't watch it happen. Like in in American Werewolf in London, I mean that's what we mm. everyone uses as like the key transformation scene for werewolves. It's not like that. It's not tons of light. It's done in these flashes of you know streetlights going past the van door, like as if you were sitting in yeah. that van and it's dark. It's like it's dark. It's like because the streetlights and you're watching Ginger transform into this horrifying werewolf. Like the werewolves in this yeah. movie are disgusting. Like, they're not even yeah. really hairy. They're, like, slimy. Like, they're... Gross. They're gross. And, like, you mm. know, watching her, that transformation scene, it's so perfectly done because you're not seeing... You still have not really seen a full werewolf. Even yeah. after this moment, you still don't actually know how big it is, what it looks like. You're just seeing these, like, horrific flashes and your imagination is building the rest of it at this point. Yeah. And I think that's really cool that they did that because they were like, we'll do a big reveal towards the end of, you know, of the film because there's a scene when they, when they get back to the house and Ginger escapes from the van into the home and you hear all of the house being absolutely destroyed and you still like the noises you're hearing, you're thinking this thing is huge. Like, yeah. And like, I remember when I, when I was, you know, 14, 15 watching this, I hadn't uh, gotten over my, you know, I was still scared of horror and that was horrifying. Like those scenes where, you know, Bridget and Sam, they lock themselves in a pantry to, to brew some more monkshood. Like you're hearing this werewolf bash around this house and like Bridget goes Mm -hmm. out and, you know, she's trying to like sneak through the house. And like, that was terrifying to watch for the first time because you just don't know where she's the wolf is going to leap out from. And it's like this creepy old unfinished basement. And those are scary. Like I remember like my best friend had an unfinished basement and like, I didn't like to sleep down there because at night, all those like gaps in the walls and the unmade stairs, you're like, there's so many places for people to hide. (laughs) So like, it just, that was like such a visceral fear for me, those scenes. Yeah, totally understandable. I really enjoyed it because I was really like, oh, oh no, it's going to happen now. It's going to happen now. (laughs) And I, you know, everyone who doesn't like horror will say to me, why do you watch horror movies? And I was like, I like to be scared. (laughs) Like, I like the feeling of being scared. It's, it's not a bad feeling. No, it's It's fun. It's okay to enjoy it. It's fun. Exactly. And, you know, yeah, maybe my adrenal gland will get screwed up eventually from watching too many horror movies, but I'll be fine. (laughs) That's where I'm at in my life. (laughs) I think it takes a... I can't even remember the last movie that, like, genuinely... Oh, no, you know what? It was Hereditary. It was the last 20 minutes of Hereditary. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Take it back. That That was pretty recent. But other than that, that it's been a while. That movie just was like... I still think about... that movie. 
Yeah. Still thinking about those. Sometimes when I lay down at night and I look up in the corner of the room, I'm like, no. okay, it's fine. Tony Collette is not up there. It's fine. Like, so yeah. <laughs> Welcome to part two, Hereditary. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Back to Ginger Snaps. <laughs> so they're in the basement and uh, they've made, you know, the cure and whatnot. So obviously Bridget's trying to get to, to Ginger. And they Who get- has taken Sam. Who, yeah, because I was going to say they got separated. But um, maybe I missed the bit where they grab Sam, when Ginger grabs Sam. So the, Sam and Bridget are in the pantry brewing the monk's, wit, monk's hood. And it, it's in the syringe. And then they're like, okay, Sam's like, okay, we're going to separate. You're going to get her, like bring her to me and then I'll stab yeah. her. And then as they open the pantry door, Ginger rips him out and the door oh. slams. And you just hear what you think are the sounds of him being brutally murdered while Bridget is like stuck in this tiny pantry, mm. like listening to her sister basically kill Sam while holding onto a syringe. And it's like so traumatic. Yeah. Poor Bridget. I know. So she finds the syringe, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> and follows Sam's blood and gut trail down the stairs and... I just really hated this because I was like, okay, Sam's problematic, but if he was Bridget's age and they were friends, this would be really sad. And he, technically, he was never problematic towards Bridget. Like, I'm no. not going to excuse all his disgusting behavior, but as far as we see him in this tiny little moment of his life in this movie, he not once does he ever show yeah. anything towards Bridget other than possible friendship help and her. helping. Yeah. Yeah, that is So it's true. okay to be sad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's what it's just really sad because she was just like, all this shit's happening. Her sister's a freaking werewolf. They buried a body that they didn't even kill. Uh, the guidance counselor's so dead. The sweet dead. baby janitor's gone. It's like, Bridget, like all the people that are really um, good influences on Bridget's life are slowly getting killed off. Um, and so. Uh, this scene really didn't make me feel okay. Yeah. Uh, so she... And I, I get it. Because she's like, if I do this, um, Ginger will think I'm on the same team. Yeah. And so she's drinking Sam's blood. Yeah. Bridget is... Uh, Sam is in the middle of them. Ginger in full... This is when you finally get to see full wolf yeah. form. And Ginger's like lapping at the blood that's coming out from Sam. And... You know, they're on either side of him, basically mm. eating his blood. And Bridget is trying very hard not to, like, vomit it up because she's like, I need Ginger to relate to me right now. We need to be, mm. she needs to trust me right now. It's so, um, I can just, I love the look on her face because she's like, I'm so terrified, but I'm so determined. Yeah. I just need this over and done with. But um, this is, yeah, where you see Ginger and she's this slimy grey wolf with these intense blue eyes. Yeah. And, and like she does have cool fur. Wolf. Like there's fur kind of, it's like, it's more mm. like tufts of fur. Like yeah. primarily it's like this gross, like grey worm-like skin. But then yeah. there's like tufts of fur like in her ears and like on her shoulders and stuff. Like it's a really fascinating werewolf concept. Yeah. Because, you know, we're used to seeing um, a werewolf, you know, when they when a person transforms, like, breaking through their spine mm -hmm. and the hair and the fur and everything. It's not, um, it's this really, uh, what's the word where it's like, uh, hu humanoid? 
Is that the, like, humanoid kind of creature? Sure. They're always standing on two two feet. Like, yeah. um, in the Underworld series, all of the lichens stand mm. on two feet. Yep. Um, I think American Werewolf in Paris, they're on two feet. Oh, I haven't watched that movie in forever. Um, yeah, but she's, like, on all fours. Yeah. So they've really given her an animalistic um, features rather than humanoid features which was cool yeah i mean all of the humanity is gone from this creature even though bridget is seeing it as her sister us as the viewer there's nothing left even like you mentioned earlier the eye color has completely changed like it's it's not ginger anymore Mm. and it will not be again this isn't like a full moon transformation like ginger says this is a transformation without ever turning back yeah, this is this is it. And so they have a bit of... Um, Ginger kind of gets a sense that Bridget uh, isn't enjoying this meal <laughs> and uh, turns on her and kind of, like, follows her through the basement. Bridget's trying to find a position that she can actually um, use the cure on, on Ginger. And... Um, where am I up to? So she's got the knife, and the knife is, um, I read something about the knife. Apparently the knife is, like, a knife that's been used, like, for, like, in the start of the movie for something. So oh, okay, like, was... in, like, one of the death scene photos? Maybe yeah. Okay. Yeah, and so, um, she, it's just really sad, yeah. because Ginger ends up lunging at Bridget, and... She, you know, Bridget obviously defends herself and stabs her sister with the knife and not the cure. And it's just really sad. Yeah, and it's this really powerful moment because, you know, we open the movie, you know, the first time we meet Ginger and Bridget, they're sitting in their bedroom, their basement bedroom, and they have these, like, little single, maybe twin twin size beds that are maybe two feet from each other and they're both sitting on their respectable bed and they like, you know, dead in the scene and they put their hands together. And now we are at the end and in between those two beds is this body of this wolf laying there and Bridget lies on top of Ginger and listens as her heart stops and the camera pulls back and we see it is almost an exact mirror of how we were introduced to these girls and now how we've come so far in what was literally only 31 days and Ginger is dead and Bridget's whole world has collapsed. And it's, I dare you not to cry (laughs) because I still tear up and I don't know how many times I've seen this movie, but it's so, it's so tender and sad and beautiful and full circle that you're just like, <laughs> like it's, yeah, uh, uh. I was just and like, and then the score kicks I'd in, and I'm my like, sister, no. if she was a werewolf, yeah, it's so, it's so beautiful, yeah, yeah, and that you don't expect that in a werewolf film, you know, and it, 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 as a, you know, a almost a personification of womanhood, you know, characterization and whatnot. It's just the relationships and. Yeah, how things do change when you... Not um, that they change, um, 
like mentally or anything, but the expectation for you to change yeah. is there. That you've got this new role to fill. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's, you know, what you're talking about earlier where, you know, Bridget finally realizes that Ginger's pact with her was more out of boredom than anything. She didn't really mean it. And, you know, before she stabs Ginger at the end, you know, when she's trying to hide and fight her way back, you know, she says, I'm not dying in this room with you. And I think that's so powerful because it's Bridget realizing that, no, like this pact means nothing. I am my own person and I will not die in this bedroom. Like we planned, like we, you are going out at 16. I will not do that. And I think it's so Again, it's just so emotional. So I really, I really so many layers. It was really powerful, and Bridget's just. I really like how, yeah, this story is about Ginger's transformation, but it's also about Bridget's and Bridget's coming of age as well. In in a sense, like she became her own person and realized that she's an individual and not attached to whatever Ginger says she has to do or has to be or, you know has to say even yeah and I think at that age I mean there's so many great movies now about that age you know Jennifer's body being another great example of (laughs) you know female friendship at that age is like nothing you will ever experience in your life like your best friend when you are 14 is almost a more powerful love I think than even your spouse when you're older there's just something about a female friendship, even if it's, you know, two sisters who are incredibly close or just two people who have, you know, been best friends for a long time. It's, it's this overwhelming and addictive type of love that I, it's hard to explain if you haven't experienced it. Like it's hard to put in words, (laughs) but most women remember their best friend at four. um, You know, a lot of them are still best friends with them. I, I am with mine you know, that, that passion is all encompassing. And I think for Bridget and Ginger, even though yes, they are related, it is very similar to that relationship where it's like, I would die for my best friend. Yeah. And my sister has been my best friend since we were kids. Yeah. But then when you realize (laughs) that your best friend is maybe not as the type of person that you thought they were, or they change and grow into a person that you don't love, you are heartbroken and you realize that, no, I wouldn't die for that person anymore. And that is a type of heartbreak that you don't experience ever again as well. It's, yeah, yeah, it's a tough, it's tough. We've all, I'm sure most of us have had a very passionate best friend who we fell out of, it fell out of love with, you know, and it's, it's a, I think this movie does a beautiful job of showing that type of relationship, regardless of whether they're related or not. Yeah. It's a really, it's a nice story. Yeah. Weirdly, weirdly enough. Yeah. And let's give a shout out to, you know, Karen Wilton, Karen Walton, sorry, who wrote this incredible story. Like it's. Oh, really? Wow. It's all her baby. You know, she, she was putting her own, I'm sure her own experiences and her own emotions into this. And, yeah. you know, I think, yes, it was directed by a male, um, yep. and he handled it incredibly well. Um, but I think that having it being written by a female is what makes this the film that it is. Yeah, absolutely. I think if a man had written this, it, it would have turned into Carrie. 
Yeah, so. and we probably would have seen Ginger's boobs in the first five minutes. Oh, that too, yeah. <laughs> and there would have been heaps more sex. So much boobs and sex. And heaps of weird talk about periods. Yeah. And the period like blood would be blue because men don't understand. Yeah. They, they think that period blood is blue because of commercials. Oh, really? Because in commercials, they always oh, use the blue they liquid. Use the ink. Yeah. Yeah. To, to oh, symbolize God. how much so things absorb. <laughs> and a lot of like young men think that that is what it is. So that's why we need female writers. <laughs> oh, I just lost you for a sec. Sorry. Oh, that's okay. I went quiet. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> it froze. So I went yeah. quiet. I was saying with uh, Xena a couple of weeks ago that men are just really weird with women things. Yeah, 100%. Like, they obsessively talk about women's, you know, body, uh, what's the word, like, things our body does. When we're like, we're not weird about it, why are you so weird about it? Yeah. Like, it's just such a weird, I mean, like, you know, news alert is a double standard. Like, I'm not, it's not breaking news here, but, like, I feel like we can hear men talk about how gross their bodies are, you know? And mm. we're like, yeah, totally. That sucks. That's gross. But like when we try to explain a very natural thing that happens to us, it's like, they can't handle it. They're like, what? Like, I don't want to hear that. That's disgusting. And I'm like, you just told women. Poo? Yeah. You just told a 20 minute story about how you shit your pants when you're shit, like drunk. Like, how is that? <laughs> like, how is that not grosser than the fact that my body is, <laughs> releasing hormones every month yeah. like what oh, it's so oh weird. man that's why i always push back on it i'm like nope listen to my period yeah. story deal with it because you need to normalize your reactions to periods yeah my my partner has never had a weird reaction to anything i've ever said about anything my body has done that's good like he just is like okay that means he's a keeper. that's cool yeah he's just like all right i <laughs> Like, I'm not going to ask because, like, that's your body. That's totally fine if that's what it does. Like, he doesn't <laughs> yeah. want to know any intricate details, which is totally fine. You're like, but here's how like, a diva cup works. Let me show yeah, you. He and he's like, no, thank you. <laughs> no, I really don't need to see that. I, like, I wouldn't want to show him that either. So that's my, my, that's my business. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> diva cups are, like, a whole nother level, I think. Of... Oh, my sister uses diva cups. She loves it. Yeah, people who use it friggin' love it. I cannot. Yeah. I just can't. I can't. I'm too paranoid. (laughs) I just, it, like, it seems like a lot. And I don't like change. Mm. So, (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) That's me, Yeah, I'm like, I respect you, Diva Cup. It is a genius invention, and it's helped so many um, women. But I don't like to change. And I've been using the same brand of tampons since I was, like, 12, because there's too many oh, brands and it's scary. <laughs> In Australia, we don't actually have that many brands, funnily enough. So it's not super confusing. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's like... Which is nice. So many. And like each brand has like 50 bajillion different types of boxes. And like oh, some yeah. are like organic <laughs> and some are like, you know, I don't, I don't know. It's too much. I just couldn't... The one person I wouldn't send to the store to get tampons is my partner. Yeah. Because I'd just end up on FaceTime telling him what he needs. <laughs> He's like asking for a needle somewhere. He's like, I'm pretty sure she injects it. I don't know. Can someone like get me a needle? And you're like, no, 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 no. No. <laughs> Go to the dentist. <laughs> Sanitary napkins. That's all you have to get. He comes back with like a diabetes needle. He's like, I found it. 
Is this it? No! But um, I was reading an interview that um, Catherine Isabel did, uh, I think it was this year, 20 years after, after the film. And she was talking about, um, about Ginger and she said that's what she's about. She's about fuck you, fuck the patriarchy, fuck the standard, fuck society, fuck the norm. And to me, that's a hero. And I was just like, yeah. Yeah. That's what I want to be. Yeah. <laughs> we should all really take cool. in a little bit of Bridget and Ginger. A little bit yeah. of both, I think, is what we need. Yeah, they're really cool. Also, now I you really... get to watch the sequel. Yeah, I'm definitely going to be and watching. And the prequel. There's two... Yeah, there's there's two others, isn't there? Yeah, they filmed the prequel and the sequel, like, back-to-back, and then they released the sequel. Okay. But then they released the prequel straight to, like, video. Um, video. Yeah, straight to video, because this is back in the day. Um, I love the sequel. I, n- not thrilled with the prequel, um, but the sequel is outstanding. And, like, you know, the... This movie we finish, and Bridget, I mean, she's still infected. You know, she ha- she yeah. is still infected with her werewolf infection, and there is a needle sitting right next to her that hasn't been used, filled with a cure. And we like, you know, this movie ends, and you don't know. Like, it's up to you yeah. to decide whether she takes that cure and moves on with her life, or she, you know commit suicide or she goes full werewolf we don't know but then when they released the sequel it was so exciting to learn where we like where these characters go next yeah i'm i'm definitely going to be watching it so (laughs) i've got to start getting better at watching sequels so this will make me get in there and get get it watched yeah it's great. Cool. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, I'm really glad you suggested that one because I hadn't, like I said, I hadn't watched it. So a lot of my movies have been first-time watches lately, so it's been really awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I think all yeah. of the ones you've done so far, because I listened to a bunch of them over the past, like, two or three weeks or whatever. Two weeks? Oh, wow. I can't remember <laughs> when you reached out. Um, and I th- Yeah, I've seen all of them, but I'm excited to... It's just, yeah, like... I really like what you're doing. <laughs> I love, I just love listening to people chat about like either the first movie they've ever seen or their, one of their favorite movies or a movie that deserves more love. Like it's just, yeah. I think listening to someone who freaking loves a movie so much, talk about it. It's the best way to hear about a movie. Yeah. I think that's why I kind of opened the criteria for like what, cause I know there's so many podcasts where people are talking about horror movies. Mm-hmm. Like I totally get that. But I'd rather talk, instead of having a co-host, talk to someone who chooses the movie and then gets me to watch it. Yeah. So I thought it... I'm watching Ready or Not tomorrow night. So <gasps> Love that, that one! Yet. Oh, yeah. that's another epic ending. So good. I, I've been meaning to watch it. So I'm really glad when I have someone choose a movie that's been on my list for ages. And I'm like, okay, I'll finally get to watch it now. Yeah, it's kind of it's it. like you have your own book club. But like yeah. a movie club. <laughs> you know, and you get to watch yeah. like a movie that you haven't seen. Like, it's kind of fun. Yeah, Yeah. it's awesome. And, like, even as a horror lover, there's so much I still haven't seen. So it's been really cool. Yeah. To finally, you know, get out there and watch more. Yeah. So, um, before we finish, do you, uh, blah, 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 running my lips in for an idiot. Um, what is the last horror movie that you watched? Um... So I watched a screener that was sent to me um, called, 
uh, watch me pronounce this totally wrong. It's L-U-Z, so like Luz, Luz, uh, Flower of Evil. Um, And it is, it was pitched to me by the, uh, by the, the creator of the film saying that it was The Witch meets Alice in Wonderland meets the, the scenery from Sound of Music on an acid trip. So I was like, yeah, right. I'm gonna watch that real quick because that sounds amazing. And send it through. Yeah, it's a foreign film. It was, it was all of those things. They described it perfectly. It is very, wow. very strange. Um, I think you could probably categorize it as like maybe folk, folk, folk horror. Um, but it, it's it's very much like The Witch in the sense that it's it doesn't hold your hand. It's a very slow burn things are not explained you know it's sort of up to you to interpret it how you would like to interpret it um and it is freaking beautiful like it is one of the most beautiful movies i've ever seen in my life the cinematographer did an insanely good job um but basically it's just this um kind of small village and the they have i guess it's kind of like a cult like it's very religious um, they have sort of a guy that is like their head of the village and he preaches to them and he has these three very beautiful daughters, um, and they're sort of untouchable, you know, but it's not like a violent cult. He just, he's a big believer in, in God and in Jesus and, you know, the village is kind of trucking along pretty well. Um, but then this child arrives and he believes that the child is the second coming of Jesus and that Jesus is in this child and Uh basically everything, no pun intended, goes to hell. So yeah, um, yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. It's really, it was really unique and horrifying. There's a bunch of trigger warnings. So look that up before you, before you dive in. Um, I feel like kind of a dick because I'm not like here's how you watch it like I'm not sure how to how how people can watch it right now but maybe keep an eye out yeah. for it because yeah I think it's going to be a very um what's the word very talked about film yeah awesome people are going to have a lot of opinions on it I think that sounds so cool <laughs> to send us out can you please tell listeners where they can find you on the internet yeah so if check out yeah um don't <laughs> find me i don't want to hear it i'm a ghost of a 16 year old girl so um no <laughs> you can check out um the website at horrorbound.net um for everything you know there's spooky reads and we post short stories that writers like you know my team has written that i've written um, lots of short stories, lots of movie reviews, lots of everything. Um, and then on Instagram and Twitter, I am at horrorbound blog. Um, and that's really the only places that I am. So great. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me about ginger snaps. Yeah. Thanks for um, having me. This is awesome. It's been, I love your passion for this movie. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, do you have two more hours? I really need to talk about the symbology of, <laughs> of the needle at the end. No. <laughs> Thank you so much. You're welcome.